This is day 76 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 2 Chronicles chapters 9 through 13. Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercies this morning. Thank you for giving us another day of life to serve you and to enjoy your creation. Please bless us this day as we decide for ourselves who we will follow. Or will we follow the things of this earth, or will we follow the Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth? If we can set aside all idols, set aside all distractions, set aside anything that holds us back from giving you everything. Lord, teach us how to fully surrender today. And that way we can move forward and we can serve you with a whole heart and have no regrets. Please bless us as we read your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with difficult questions. She had a very large retinue, with camels carrying spices and a large amount of gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was on her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was hidden from Solomon which he did not explain to her. When the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house which he had built, the food at his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his ministers and their attire, his cupbearers and their attire, and his stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, she was breathless. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe their reports until I came and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You surpass the report that I heard. How blessed are your men! How blessed are these your servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom! Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you, setting you on his throne as king for the Lord your God. Because your God loved Israel, establishing them forever. Therefore he made you king over them, to do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great amount of spices and precious stones. There had never been spice like that which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. The servants of Huram and the servants of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, also brought algum trees and precious stones. From the algum trees the king made steps for the house of the Lord and for the king's palace, and lyres and harps for the singers, and none like that was seen before in the land of Judah. King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire which she requested, besides a return for what she had brought to the king. Then she turned and went to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold which came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, besides that which the traders and merchants brought. And all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold, using 600 shekels of beaten gold 
on each large shield. He made 300 shields of beaten gold, using 300 shekels of gold on each shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps to the throne and a footstool in gold attached to the throne, and arms on each side of the seat, and two lions standing besides the arms. Twelve lions were standing there on the six steps on the one side and on the other. Nothing like it was made for any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. Silver was not considered valuable in the days of Solomon. For the king had ships which went to Tarshish with the servants of Huram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish came, bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. So King Solomon became greater than all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth were seeking the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom which God had put in his heart. They brought every man his gift, articles of silver and gold, garments, weapons, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. Now Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen, and he stationed them in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. He was the ruler over all the kings from the Euphrates River even to the land of the Philistines and as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem and he made cedars as plentiful as sycamore trees that are in the lowland. And they were bringing horses for Solomon from Egypt and from all countries. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon, from first to last, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet, and in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shelonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam the son of Nebat? Solomon reigned forty years in Jerusalem over all Israel. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David, and his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, for he was in Egypt when he had fled from the presence of King Solomon. Jeroboam returned from Egypt. So they sent and summoned him. When Jeroboam and all Israel came, they spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke hard. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Return to me again in three days. So the people departed. Then King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, How do you counsel me to answer this people? They spoke to him, saying, If you will be kind to this people and please them 
and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. So he said to them, What counsel do you give that we may answer this people, who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? The young men who grew up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall say to the people who spoke to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter for us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Whereas my father loaded you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, as the king had directed, saying, Return to me on the third day. And the king answered them harshly, and King Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the elders. He spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of events from God, that the Lord might establish his word, which he spoke through Ahijah the Shelanite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to your tent, O Israel. Now look after your own house, David. So all Israel departed to their tents. But as for the sons of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadoram, who was over the forced labor, and the sons of Israel stoned him to death. And King Rehoboam made haste to mount his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Now when Rehoboam had come to Jerusalem, he assembled the house of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 chosen men who were warriors, to fight against Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, saying, Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up or fight against your relatives. Return every man to his house, for this thing is from me. So they listened to the words of the Lord and returned from going against Jeroboam. Rehoboam lived in Jerusalem and built cities for defense in Judah. Thus he built Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Bethzur, Soko, Adullam, Gath, Mereshah, Ziph, Adarayim, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Ijalon, and Hebron, which are fortified cities in Judah and in Benjamin. 
He also strengthens the fortresses and put officers in them and stores of food, oil, and wine. He put shields and spears in every city and strengthened them greatly. So he held Judah and Benjamin. Moreover, the priests and the Levites, who were in all Israel, stood with him from all their districts. For the Levites left their pasture lands and their property and came to Judah and Jerusalem. For Jeroboam and his sons had excluded them from serving as priests to the Lord. He set up priests of his own for the high places, for the satyrs, and for the calves which he had made. Those from all the tribes of Israel who set their hearts on seeking the Lord God of Israel followed them to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord God of their fathers. They strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, for three years. For they walked in the way of David and Solomon for three years. Then Rehoboam took as a wife Mahalath, the daughter of Jeremoth, the, the son of David, and of Abihail, the daughter of Eliab, the son of Jesse. And she bore him sons, Jush, Shemariah, and Zaham. After her he took Maacah, the daughter of Absalom, and she bore him Abijah, Atai, Ziza, and Shelemith. Rehoboam loved Maacah, the daughter of Absalom, more than all his other wives and concubines. For he had taken eighteen wives and sixty concubines, and fathered twenty-eight sons and sixty daughters. Rehoboam appointed Abijah, the son of Maacah, as head and leader among his brothers, for he intended to make him king. He acted wisely and distributed some of his sons through all the territories of Judah and Benjamin to all the fortified cities, and he gave them food in abundance, and he sought many wives for them. When the kingdom of Rehoboam was established and strong, he and all Israel with him forsook the law of the Lord. And it came about in King Rehoboam's fifth year, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem with twelve hundred chariots and sixty thousand horsemen. And the people who came with him from Egypt were without number, the Lubim, the Sukiim, and the Ethiopians. He captured the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Then Shemaiah the prophet came to Rehoboam and the princes of Judah, who had gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, You have forsaken me, so I also have forsaken you to Shishak. So the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is righteous. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, they have humbled themselves, so I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some measure of deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by means of Shishak. 
but they will become his slaves so that they may learn the difference between my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's palace. He took everything. He even took the golden shields, which Solomon had made. Then King Rehoboam made shields of bronze in their place and committed them to the care of the commanders of the guard, who guarded the door of the king's house. As often as the king entered the house of the Lord, the guards came and carried them and then brought them back into the guard's room. And when he humbled himself, the anger of the Lord turned away from him, so as not to destroy him completely. And also, conditions were good in Judah. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah the Ammonitess. He did evil because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Now the acts of Rehoboam from first to last are they not written in the records of Shemaiah the prophet and of Edo the seer, according to genealogical enrollment? And there were wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, and his son Abijah became king in his place. In the eighteenth year of King Jeroboam, Abijah became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. Now there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Abijah began the battle with an army of valiant warriors, 400,000 chosen men, while Jeroboam drew up in battle formation against him with 800,000 chosen men who were valiant warriors. Then Abijah stood on Mount Zemariam, which is in the hill country of Ephraim, and said, Listen to me, Jeroboam and all Israel. Do you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the rule over Israel forever to David and his sons by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon the son of David, rose up and rebelled against his master. And worthless men gathered about him, scoundrels, who proved too strong for Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when he was young and timid, and could not hold his own against them. So now you intend to resist the kingdom of the Lord through the sons of David, being a great multitude, and having with you the golden calves which Jeroboam made for gods for you. Have you not driven out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and made for yourselves priests like the peoples of the lands? Whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams, even he may become a priest of what are no gods. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. 
and the sons of Aaron are ministering to the Lord as priests, and the Levites attend to their work. Every morning and evening they burn to the Lord burnt offerings and fragrant incense, and the showbread is set on the clean table, and the golden lampstand with its lamps is ready to light every evening. For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. Now behold, God is with us at our head, and his priests with the signal trumpets to sound the alarm against you. O sons of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you will not succeed. But Jeroboam had set an ambush to come from the rear, so that Israel was in front of Judah, and the ambush was behind them. When Judah turned around, behold, they were attacked both front and rear. So they cried to the Lord, and the priests blew the trumpets. Then the men of Judah raised a war cry, and when the men of Judah raised the war cry, then it was that God routed Jeroboam and all Israel between Abijah and Judah. When the sons of Israel fled before Judah, God gave them into their hand. Abijah and his people defeated them with a great slaughter, so that 500,000 chosen men of Israel fell slain. Thus the sons of Israel were subdued at that time, and the sons of Judah conquered because they trusted in the Lord, the God of their fathers. Abijah pursued Jeroboam and captured from him several cities, Bethel with its villages, Jeshanah with its villages, and Ephron with its villages. Jeroboam did not recover again strength in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him, and he died. But Abijah became powerful, and took fourteen wives to himself, and became the father of twenty-two sons and sixteen daughters. Now the rest of the acts of Abijah, and his ways and his words, are written in the treaties of the prophet Edo. I really liked today's reading because it really showed some extra context of the stories that we had already read regarding these kings that we didn't see the first time. And so I really got to see the big picture of what happened with some of these other kings, specifically Rehoboam and Abijah. So let's look at that briefly here. So chapters 9 and 10 are pretty much the same as what we saw in first kings so i'm not really going to go too much into that but chapter 11 was interesting because we don't see this part in first kings we see this as a different viewpoint from before because what we saw from rehoboam was what we read here in chapter 10 you know where he went to jeroboam and said well you're my father was hard on y'all i'm going to be even harder I'm going to whip you with scorpions. And he caused the division in the schism between Israel and Judah, but that was from the Lord, so that was according to God's will. We don't see any sort of repentance from Rehoboam in the first reading, but we see it from Rehoboam here in chapter 11. 
because it said that we saw it before that Shishak of Egypt came and he pillaged Jerusalem. But we don't see any positive thing come out of Rehoboam. But God shows us something here in chapter 11 that was different. First off, it said that all the Levites and the priests from Israel fled Israel and they came to Jerusalem in order to worship the Lord there, which is part of the reason why the kingdom of Judah was stronger than Israel. It says that clearly in verse 17. They strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehoboam for three years because they walked in the way of David and Solomon for three years. So there's some reason why Judah was successful over Israel, but also why Judah lasted longer as a nation. Not only did we read before that Judah had good kings mixed in with its evil kings, but we see that Israel never had good kings. Jeroboam set the standard for them, while David set the standard for Judah. So there's a very drastic difference between these two men. One is they're almost polar opposites. So certainly that alone is reason enough why Judah was successful over Israel much longer time. It finally caught up with them, as we know, because of their sin. But we see something here from Rehoboam where where Rehoboam wanted to fight against Israel and the Lord the Lord told him not to, and then he obeyed. So that was the first thing that he did. But also he did a lot of positive things according to this. He built defense cities, he strengthened the fortresses, provided food, he strengthened the military, and he accepted all these people that came from Israel to be priests for the Lord God. And then we also see Rehoboam take a different wife than the first one. We saw Maacah, the daughter of Abishalom, which here is said Absalom, which is what the name we're familiar with. But we also saw Mahalath here, the daughter of Jeremoth, the son of David, and of Abihail, the daughter of Eliab, the son of Jesse. So we also see a couple other wives that we didn't see the first time. And then it shows that from the, from the beginning, Rehoboam had set up Abijah to be the next king. And it says that he acted wisely for a while. So I guess he wasn't completely lost from his father's wisdom. He acted wisely for a while, and he gave food in abundance. So overall, that was good. And then you see something interesting here when Shashak takes over Jerusalem and pillages it. Because when the prophet came, Shemaiah, and he said that Shishak is here because you forsook the Lord, and the Lord therefore forsook you, then it says that the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said the Lord is righteous. We didn't see that the first time. We saw that judgment was pronounced against them, and they humbled themselves before the Lord and said the Lord is righteous. He was right to do so. And when the Lord saw it, he responded to that humility. 
he mentioned they have humbled themselves. So I'm not going to destroy them, but I will grant them some measure of deliverance. And so I'm going to teach them a lesson. They're going to become the slaves of the Egyptian king, Shishak. And they will learn the difference between my service and the service of other kingdoms. Which king will be greater to you, the Lord God or Shishak? So we see that he pillaged Jerusalem, as he did the first reading. And we see that Rehoboam tries to recuperate some of the stuff that was taken. And when Jeroboam, and when Rehoboam humbled himself, the anger of the Lord turned away from him, not to destroy him completely. And he caused conditions to be good in Judah. You see, we keep coming back to the influence of a good leader. Rehoboam was not a good leader, but he did have some redeeming moments. Because if you read his synopsis in 1 Kings, it just said he did evil in the sight of the Lord. But he actually did do some good things, and that's very interesting to see. But the end statement here in verse 14 solidifies the overarching theme of Rehoboam's life. He did evil because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Our hearts need to be set to seek the Lord. If not, we will go astray. Then we see Abijah. Now, in 1 Kings, he went by the name Abijam, but this is Abijah. It's the same thing. We read in 1 Kings that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and really nothing good was said about him. But we see this stuff here, and this is good stuff. He goes into battle array against Jeroboam. We didn't see this last time. And he reminds Jeroboam that God made the covenant with David's family. And he challenges Jeroboam because he's saying, you will not be successful because all of your priests have abandoned you for the Lord. We have the Lord on our side and we have not forsaken him, which I don't think is completely true, but <laughs> because he's overall seen as an evil man, but he is on our side. We have done what we are supposed to do in maintaining his cause. So we are going to win, Jeroboam. You have double the army we do, but we will win because of the Lord. We don't see that the first time around, and I thought that was very interesting that there's not completely lost. There was still hope for Judah, and that is the kind of hope that kept things going. And I can imagine that this was something that was encouraging to his son, King Asa, which we're going to see tomorrow. While he did a lot of bad things, we see that at one point he did trust the Lord, but then he abandoned him later. So that's, that's sad, but at one point he was on the Lord's side. And Jeroboam had a huge military advantage against Judah because he had set up a rear ambush and he had them on all sides. But the Lord won the battle. He put them in, in their hand and half a million Israelites were destroyed that day. It's the Lord who fights. 
Let the Lord be the warrior of your battles. Don't try and fight them on your own. You will mess up something. <laughs> I promise you. Something's going to get messed up if you are trying to do it on your own power. But seek the wisdom of the Lord and seek his direction for you. And in, in my case, I've had some huge victories this last week. You know, I work in a place where I have about 40 people that work under me. And there's about five or six employees of mine that are difficult. And the most beautiful thing of all is that I have been patient with them. I have been loving to them. I have tried my absolute best to love my enemies and to be grace, to show grace and mercy to them, even though they are taking advantage of me and they know that they are doing wrong for the company as well as against me personally. And I've been asking the Lord for a long time, Lord, how do I handle this? I don't know what to do with these guys besides be harsh with them and hold them accountable to the letter of policy and to every little thing they do wrong. And I don't want to be that kind of person because I don't want to ruin my witness. But then this last week, half of those guys, three out of the six guys that constantly plagued me with issues were sabotaging themselves. It was amazing to see the Lord work in this and his vengeance on my on my behalf. And it was so humbling and it was just such an awesome thing to see. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for frustrating the plans of the wicked, which he so obviously does. He so often does this. We see this with Jeroboam. He had the military advantage, but God loves to frustrate the plans of the wicked. And in my case, he did that with three out of the six men who are a plague in my building. They're not completely bad people, but they have a behavior that they will not change from. And it's hard to change people. And so I looked for a way to do it. I could not find a successful one. And the Lord did it for, on my behalf. It was so amazing. I just wanted to share that because it was a personal victory that happened this last week. And I hope that it causes things to change for the rest of the group. That they would be motivated and that they would be comforted by the fact that justice is being done. And I love that. But anyway, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.